Midsummer Scream! Midsummer Scream is the Halloween in Summer Festival. Normally, Ryan and I go to Scarlet. That is sort of the, the big player in the scene. Uh, we've gone every year since its inception. And last year, you know, it was a bit of a watered-down experience. Maybe we'd just been to the same convention too many times. Um, but we'd heard yeah, a we lot of people out so hard on the year before. Yeah, a lot of people were saying Midsummer Scream is kind of where it's at. So this last weekend, uh, we made our way down to Long Beach, and uh, um, Ryan, Ed, and I even packed Halloween costumes mm-hmm. for the Grim Grinning Gala after that was based on Disney's Haunted Mansion. So we get down to Long Beach. Spied the line almost from the from, from the, the freeway The exit. line was visible <laughs> from like a mile away. Yeah. We we're like, let's drink. So we went into the Long Beach Harbor. We got some mimosas. And Creole, Ed and, uh, got himself a big basket of alligator feet. Tastes like chicken, you know, whatever. It looks like gigantic chicken wings, but... Uh, um, but scalier. Good stuff, yeah. And then this random lady showed up and was like it's mimosa time and then she just laughed she was like, yeah. we do not yeah. think this lady works here we had like four different waitresses anyway that was fun and then some girls played melodicas uh and then we went into the uh convention center after the line had died down uh-huh. somewhat. nobody yeah. checked nobody checked our tickets nah. could have gone in for free they just handed us wristbands we went straight door. into an a line <laughs> to do a <laughs> Ready or not, hide and seek, sinister point game. Yeah, ready or not is apparently a movie coming out where somebody gets married and part in this creepy old mansion, go to visit the groom's family, and they have a tradition of playing some kind of game with the with the bride. Where they murder each other. Where yeah, the the life is at stake, or there's a sacrifice. I'm not sure what it is, but they they play hide and seek or something. So the and experience was, yeah. you go into this uh, dark kind of maze. With two flag uh, football flags, curtains, yeah, with two with a with a belt with two flag football flags, with neon yellow tips, and uh, in each of these little cubicles or whatever, curtained off cubicles is like a bed bedroom set or something. So you could hide under the bed, you could hide behind the nightstand, and then the we had like a twenty second head start. Yeah, and yeah. you're stalked by these you know players or whatever these you know representing the family and gowns and all this and. They kind of give that sing song, I'm, I know you're in here, kind of thing, and all that. So the first thing I did was I headed towards the back of the whole room, and uh, I was there was a, a black curtain at the far, far, far back of the room hanging on some rods, and I was like, well, I bet all the gear and all the actors are back there, so I can't go back there. And as I was like thinking that an actor poked their head out and was like, go hide. And I was like, ah, <laughs> so I was like, ah, crap. So I had like eight seconds to go. So I, I went into this little cubby and there was a bed and like a black suitcase kind of jammed in the corner. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to hide under the bed and I'm not going to hide on the bed. But even though I'm kind of tall, I'm pretty good at scrunching myself into small spaces <laughs> Um, so I wedged myself in the corner of the bed and I held the black suitcase like on top of myself. And, um, you know, 10 seconds later, some 
spooky character came over and was like, good job, flag please. I was like, ah, <laughs> damn it. So she pulled out one of my flags and I was thinking, well, I could get up and run and try to find some other place or I could stay in the hiding spot where I've already been busted because she probably won't think to look for me twice in the same place. So I was like playing these, you know, three-dimensional chess while I'm doing that, Ed comes <laughs> scurrying in and dives under the bed. And so I'm waiting there, and I'm not like, oh, hey, Ed, I'm over here. I'm I like, didn't even know he was there. I had no idea. <laughs> wow. And then and then this character comes back and gets Ed, and then is like, oh, hi again. And I was like, ah, <laughs> god damn it. So I got both my flags taken. First time I dove under a bed in some room, and... Uh... I heard them come in and uh, kind of tauntingly or whatever, and I rolled, and there was a hole in the wall that you could like kind of slip through. So I got out, and I think I avoided her the first time, but uh, yeah, I was I was quickly taken out. Oh, I ran the that. opposite direction. Like everybody in our group ran one direction, and I was like, well, I can't go that way. Everyone's going that way, so I ran the opposite direction. I found a little like living room seance room where there was nobody. And uh, I was like, okay, what hiding space isn't obvious? Oh, every hiding space is obvious. <laughs> so, like, I hid behind a curtain, which was just hanging against a wall. So there's no possible way to hide my silhouette. And I scrunched into a weird position that was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, God, I hope a monster finds me soon. Because <laughs> I can't hold this for three minutes. We've all had that like, yeah. it, it took surprisingly long, but a monster did find me. Just kind of slowly peeked through the curtain and I was like if they jump at me I'm gonna get scared <laughs> because I can't see or hear anything and then I was like here just take my flag then I ran off because you get like another 10 seconds yeah. to find another spot and I like went behind another curtain but it was like a back area where all the t-shirts boxes were like stored and I was like well that seems like dirty pool I probably shouldn't hide behind the scenes but then I still just went behind one of the flats, and no, no other monsters came. So I still had one of my flags at the end, mm. and I was like, "Hey, yeah, I won!" And the lady was like, "We're giving everyone T-shirts." Yeah, I got matter. one too. It doesn't matter. But you have your pride. Yeah, I do, and, and that is forever. You've been. But then I remembered Bruce Campbell and Bruce Tim. <laughs> <laughs> So after the Ready or Not experience, uh, we went downstairs and hit the showroom floor. Ed was wearing a Halloween 3 Season of the Witch shirt. Mm -hmm. As I am wont to. And at one point, On some any given day. hysterical man flagged him down uh -huh. and said, Ah! I drew that shirt! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd walked past his booth and I saw the, the uh, his banner and I was like, Yeah, that looks kind of familiar. I'm not sure why. That His logo and everything. And uh, it's on my shirt, and I didn't even notice <laughs> it's on the bottom. But, yeah, he ran up uh, Andrew, Andy something or other, and he was the <laughs> artist who Andy had... Andy uh, Social. Yeah, he was the artist who did the uh, uh, T-shirt, sure. which I'd picked because it looked kind of like, uh, not more Drucker, but the the one mad artist that used to do, mad magazine artist that used to do, like, all the uh, celebrity whatevers when they did the movie parodies and stuff. And it's just a really cool shirt. It's got, like, O'Hurlihy and, and everybody on it, and, and it's just really cool. And um, so he was ecstatic that somebody had purchased his Halloween 3 design because his wife told him nobody's going to buy that. And, huh. 
And, and he'd apparently never seen nobody one really of his did. shirts out in the wild. Yeah, he'd never so he seen really one in the wild. And, and he's like, look, Ed bought one. He, she's brought, like, he waved his wife over. Yeah, and she's like, like I said, nobody, <laughs> nobody bought one of those shirts. <laughs> so we were trying to get spots for escape rooms and stuff. And we were there so late that all the slots were filled up. I think we went to Hall of Shadows after that okay, like, yeah. pretty quickly. So Hall of Shadows was their kind of creepy haunted house demo area. And we got in line for a haunted house. And we saw some laser snakes. Yeah, it was like a temple. Lasers. It was yeah. like a yeah. like a temple with a cobra it's on the really top. Really cool outside. Inside, not so much. Yeah, like thirty seconds of haunt on the uh, inside. Then Jeff went off to get some beers, and me and Ed went to a Salem haunted house, which was more like a, like almost one of those morality pr- like a Christian morality play yeah. thing. They kept putting a Were witch you... on trial, and she kept force choking she everybody. Kept force to death. choking everybody. It was yeah. pretty awesome. They yeah. never learned. overruled. Yeah. What was the judge <laughs> <Objection>. thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After she choked the first lady to death, they probably shouldn't have bothered taking her to court they should have shot her you're on her i object yeah. she's forced to <laughs> they should have loaded up the blunderbuss hostile like witness bulbs or something oh, yeah, and blasted exactly. her. but uh unfortunately jeff didn't get back in time to go through that one but then he came back with some crazy big beers which was appreciated so we just kind of cruised around um the artist that designed the cover for my upcoming short story collection had a booth there so i went over checked in with him um what's his name xavier mm-hmm. uh built built from S- sketch is the name of his uh company um and uh we looked at some posters and t-shirts you know just kind of the basic uh halloween merch um and uh ed got a really cool poster oh yeah this guy uh david from Lost Boys, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland is David from Lost Boys, um, with the with the uh, chopsticks and the and the Chinese carton and everything. But it it's done in the style of like a Nagel painting. Kind of is like a Nagel, yeah, from the eighties, yeah. So I thought because what what drew me to the booth was he had done uh, David Bowie from The Hunger in that Nagel style or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And yeah, he had a really lot of really cool. cool alternate like art posters of like aliens and all these horror movies and stranger things and stuff and i was flipping through it some really obscure stuff too yeah and i saw the david and i was like i'm taking that home the david i have no place to put it but i'm like yeah the david like michelangelo but yeah i took that home and it's sitting on my (laughs) it's sitting on my dresser i have no idea what to do with it so as we were kind of randomly wandering around i saw a little booth that was a vr game and there was nobody there. The VR guys were just like standing around twiddling their thumbs. So I was like, hey, let's go try and do this VR thing. And they were like, step right up. There's nobody here. So each one of us got to do a VR haunted house. Breakos yeah. fragments. Fragments. Yeah. And uh, so one of us was in the VR haunted house, and the other two guys were on their cell phones setting traps. Yeah, it was Which cool. Which I didn't Jeff realize was, while I, I was inside. Jeff it, was. I couldn't figure that out. It was uh, the whole concept is VR versus mobile. So while one person is going through the haunted house, um, you can load up a site on your cell phone and kind of track their progress room to room. And you can uh, set traps that like, you know, basically jump scares and stuff like that, which I thought was a pretty fun extra layer of interactivity to it. And at the end, the monster appeared and ate my face and I jumped. I got a literal jump scare. I couldn't figure out how to open the doors. I was like, <laughs> I was like that Japanese lady in uh, Thirteen Assassins with no 
No hands, just trying to fumble at things. And Jeff didn't realize <laughs> that he had two hands to grab things with, so he found oh, yeah. the doll that was the main goal of the game, but he kept putting it down to open doors. So mm -hmm. you have to open doors, and you can... Throw the, stuff. The ghost that's coming after you is blind, so yeah. if you throw an object, she'll get distracted. But when it was explained to me, it was explained that one hand was for picking stuff up, and throwing stuff and the other hand was for like interacting with other objects hmm. so i kept putting the the prized item down and then walking far away and i'd be like no <laughs> well I, I was stuck in this room that there were two doors that led out into the same hallway and the blind ghost was right out there so i kept going trying to go around yep, either way do it but eventually, yeah, I got got by Reiko. Yeah, and then I told them when it was Ed's turn to let him win to boost his confidence, <laughs> but he still died. <laughs> I couldn't figure out the doors. I'm not really a VR guy. I mean, I try, I do my best, but it was it was a lot of fun. So then I was like, well, let's go see if Crossroads has any openings. And I wandered around for like 25 minutes trying to find the escape game again. We finally found it, and the lady recognized us because we've done a bunch of their mini escape games, and I had been there earlier in the day, and they were like, oh, hell, we'll squeeze you in. So Ed gets into this steam box, old-timey hydrotherapy yeah. box. Ed, who was three mimosas and, and a big old beer in, and I didn't even know I was doing an escape. I thought it was a photo uh -huh. opportunity. Gets sealed in, magnetized in. <laughs> the guy spends 20 minutes explaining the escape room. Then we strap Ed into a box. <laughs> totally wasn't listening. Who still thinks he's doing a photo op. So we're like, me and Jeff are scouring the outside of the box. Frantically. Trying to, trying to figure frantically out what to do. Frantically trying to solve Ed this puzzle. Ed is just sitting there, comfy just as you please. With people gathering around and I'm just masturbating furiously yeah, the, in there. Actually, the one thing that did annoy me was that random like, looky-loos kept coming up to us and being like, What you gonna do? Gonna press that button? Hey, what are you doing in an escape game? Well, let me get in your face. And I was like, fuck off, beard man. Like, I got to do this shit. Jeez, I didn't even notice that. I well, was in yeah, my you own were too world. Comfy. You, you were in your own world, which was a shame because <laughs> inside that world, inside the there box. were puzzles you had to be solving. <laughs> which I had no idea. And so. we're like, we honestly just don't have enough information to solve these puzzles. I was just sitting there. I was the honestly like, sitting there. Can you feel around inside the box? The guy goes, to Ed, me, yeah. reach your right hand 45 <laughs> degrees to your left and feel around on the fourth section quarter panel. So oh. I zipped up my pants and I did what he said. And... <laughs> And, and and this thing was heating up like for real, That's like I, which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought it was yeah, going to be fake. It was actually heating up, and like steam was rising out of it, and all this. And so we solved some of the puzzles, but but not enough to save Ed. Nope. No, so he died. But I died happy. And then there was uh, nothing else to do but um, walk around the uh, harbor ten times. And uh, find dinner. we had some dinner, and then we changed into our outfits for the Grim Grinning Gala. Yeah, which was not grim, and I was not grinning. Aww. Bizarrely, they had this amazing Hall of Shadows with all of these decorations and low lights and snake lasers. And, and fog machines. Tons of employees that they could have posted outside the haunted houses so nobody wrecked them. But instead, they held the party... In Upstairs a in a grand ballroom with no decorations mm. and no lighting. It wasn't very themed. Yeah. And a DJ spinning top forty. Yeah, I think the worst part of it was this DJ who was. <laughs> I realized loud music comes with the territory, 
but Jesus Christ, this was like 300% too loud. <laughs> like it was painfully loud music. Every 20th song, he'd play a dead man's party. Right. He would <laughs> sprinkle in like little 30 second drops of Halloween. Monster Mash. Any other day of the year, you can hear this music in a club. And in any other place in the world, you can hear this music tonight. Yeah. You have a crowd of Halloween, diehard Halloween fans, like, play some cool Halloween music. Yeah. And Midsummer Scream is the Halloween convention, so make your party spooky. Now, as a guy who has not been inside a club outside of 20 years or so... You've had the experience. And uh, I was in a... uh, my buddy Cupfer Jr. costume, which is like my go-to when I have not prepared for something. Just a hoodie and my Halloween 3 pumpkin mask with the silver shamrock thing on the back. I was, uh, I guess the sound was muffled in my latex mask. I was sweating a lot, but I was, again, like several beers and and drinks in, and then I had a gin and tonic when I got to the bar. I wish we drank more. And, uh, yeah, uh, I had a good time. I danced around a little bit, oh, which nice. I have not done in years. I mean, years. it was the three of us standing in a line, and Ed, Ed, Ed was kind of dancing, Ed so God bless. Ed was still in his own little world from the uh, Escape Room game. <laughs> pretty much. Just, just I think that Steve kind of did something. Him. Yeah, and the gin and tonic didn't, didn't hurt either. <laughs> no, no. We wanted to go into the seance area, which yeah. was decorated in dark, but there was a big line. It wasn't moving, and it yeah. was about a zillion degrees out and of the ballroom. They got in there, and I was like, I'm going to go get a drink. And I was... Uh, you know, I mopped my face off a little bit because I was sweating a lot from wearing this latex mask, and I went inside, and the, the line wasn't very long, so I had a gin and tonic, and then by the time I got back, these guys were gone because I guess they had given up on the line and stuff. I had a lot of positive responses to my costume, which surprised me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. nice. I thought everybody hated Halloween 3, but this one guy came up and was like, another ecstatic guy was like, bro, bro, you know, and all this, and fist pounded me and took a picture, and well, and then turned his head as he was walking away and was and took his hat off and pointed, and he had a tattoo of a kid's head with, all like, oh bisected God. three times with all three of the Halloween 3 masks. Oh, I thought it was going to be a no, kid's no, head not, with not snakes No, no, not like gory, no, not gory, <laughs> but it was like the witch, the skull, and that the was, That was his back tat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice well, that just <laughs> goes to my theory that the more obscure your costume... Yep the more thrilled people are when they get it. So Jeff had created a skeleton, lantern, dog-walking crypt keeper. People kept coming up to Jeff thinking his dog was real. Yeah. That was... Over and over again. Yeah, that was pretty surprising. Other people were some drinks in, too, as well. Yeah, maybe. There was a ton of people at the party with no costumes. No. Just in regular civilian clothing, which Mm -hmm. was surprising to me. I thought people were going to bring their A-game, because this was like a Halloween convention. Yeah. Uh, Some people did. Some the, people did. The guy, the ghost twenty the people with the costumes. head in a box guy that won. He was so great, there were like five great hat box ghosts. ghosts, and one of them won top prize. Yeah, which I don't understand how that works. But so we stayed until the uh, costume contest was uh, announced, and then we bounced. Yeah, mm. we pieced out. So we didn't win the contest. That was our first time at Midsummer Scream, which we've heard people raving about for a while. Which is the big competitor to Scarlet. And um, did you prefer you prefer Scarlet? It was all the same. I think they had more haunts at Midsummer Scream. Maybe can't even really remember. But the haunts are never worth yeah. it. It's an hour wait for a five minute experience. That's kind of subpar. Not even of like yeah, maybe a minute experience. If and you're lucky. Um, the hide and seek thing was fun though. The hide and seek thing was fun. It was pretty same same. We didn't see much of a difference. 
But I was curious, and so I was looking for what Scarele was doing this summer, and I could not find any mention. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say they totally blew it out, and like uh, no, it think, was amazing. I don't think it. I don't think it's happening this year. In fact, I'm almost certain. When do they usually not, have it? Uh, around the, the same time, yeah. Mm. I think it's Dunzo. Weird. It's been scrubbed from the consciousness. Kind of. Uh, which may explain why uh, Midsummer Scream was so over capacity and so overwhelmed with like huge line breakdown issues. R.I.P. Scare LA. <laughs> Good riddance. And uh, meh? Midsummer yeah. Scream? Meh, Midsummer Scream. Maybe we don't need to do it next year. Yeah, I think if maybe we'll just do some save some money for uh, some actual Halloween things. Yeah, although it is kind of fun to do Halloween stuff in the summer. I love it. When I am definitely getting older, because it takes me a full day to recover from these things. Now, well, we were on our feet for like twelve hours straight. A lot of walking. We did a lot of walking. A lot of day drinking. Mm-hmm. A lot of alligator feet. It was yeah. kind of like I packed my Comic Con into one day, personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Drew, Anime Expo. Anime Expo. I went to the convention center to go and pick up my badges. It was really weird. Everything was set up so differently this year than it had been in years past. And I'm like, well, maybe these are the improvements they're making. Apparently. They had some new security measures in place, and it was just really a problem trying to get in that first day. Hmm. I mean, there were even reports of um, people being taken away because of heat stroke for standing in line that long, which really sucks because if you had a one-day pass, then you pretty much wasted your money. So the days I went, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it was a little bit easier to get in, but even still... Security seemed a little bit disjointed where when they would close the exhibit hall, they would have everyone leave. They were having, telling everyone to get out. And I'm like, yeah, but I have tickets for this event. And they're like, you got to go. You got to go. Oh, and it's shit. like, what the heck? So I just walked across the street and went in back into the convention center in the other, at the other entrance. And it was like they didn't it it seemed like they didn't quite understand that there was a bridge that you could just use to get back to the section that you needed and it was it was very weird in in years in, in this year as opposed to years past years past it felt like it was better organized almost you know enough of the complaining getting to some of the <laughs> things that were pretty cool about anime expo um this year i did a couple of the ticketed events i went to the masquerade and I went to the after hours party. Mm-hmm. What was the coolest costume you saw? There were a lot of costumes where there was just ass hanging out. Nice. That's cool. Um, that is my favorite costume. <laughs> and and it was like, yeah, I don't know what kind of char- what character you are because you basically just look like you're wearing a black thong bikini. Hot Goku. Like, yeah, yeah, Goku. Um, but you know. The ticketed events were pretty good. I went to the masquerade. That was fun because, you know, you had a bunch of people doing their, like, little five or a couple minute skits. And then they were doing their costumes. But they, in, while the judges were deliberating on who won, they had the Anime X uh, dance troupe come on stage. That was pretty much insane. It was like levels of agility that, even if I was still in my 20s, would not be possible. Mm. These guys were fit. 
they had balance. It, it was they were impressive. But what I really liked was the after hours party. It was more like this burlesque comedy show. Mm-hmm. So there they were very clear like yeah the doors are locked once you get in so if you pay for your pay for your ticket and you're not there on time that's it there were drinks available like they had like various themed drinks like the bad motherfucker and the MC came out would tell a few jokes start talking about all the bad bitches that were going to be on stage mm-hmm. and then asses course, hanging out it was a really really fun show one of the more interesting parts of the after hour show was how they sometimes the dancers they would like try to humiliate some of the mem- members of the audience by making them get up on stage, and performing and perform on stage to try to win drinks for their table. <laughs> that that's always fun, especially when you have uh, some people getting really getting into it. And it's like it it was. I'm definitely I definitely want to go to the after hours event um, again next year. Hmm. It was it was really fun. You danced right. I mean, I did, at the burlesque thing or whatever? I did not dance at the burlesque oh. thing, but I did dance at the uh, AX dance, which was like their... Like l- a mixer night- kind of thing? Their, their nightly rave that mm. they have, you know. I don't know what time it starts, but around um, 10 o'clock, they kick out everybody under the age of 18, and it goes on until 2 in the morning. 95% of the audience leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, the guy that they had DJing the night that I went, it was just a really awesome show because it was almost like he created this like 8-bit to 16-bit style RPGs with this frog that was playing around in the background that he had in sync with uh, the music he was performing. Hmm. Oh, so you're saying the party was on theme. What a concept. Well, I mean, I mean, well, his set was. You know, some people just get up there, they, they do their music and they're gone. He had like an entire like theme going on for his set that for the two hours that he was on stage and it was like it was like and he just seemed like really grateful to be there he's like this is so awesome thank you and it was like man dude you look super happy to be here i like your energy it made it more fun so it 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 was very enjoyable i i you know despite the crowds despite the lines despite the security issues that were available this year i had more fun this year probably than in years past except for you know the times when i would go with friends and stuff so it was Mm -hmm. like but you know i also one last thing i did while i was there was they have their food trucks like corner in the convention center and one of the the one food truck called okamoto kitchen they teamed up with Atlas to bring you like um, the menus from the the video game Persona Five and the video game Catherine. That was a long line, and I was very angry and bitter until I bit into the burger, and it was like, I'm not gonna say that line was worth it, but that was a really fucking good burger. <laughs> so, anyway, that was Anime Expo this year. <laughs> One last uh, anecdote about Midsummer Scream. Um, so uh, the Crypt Keeper himself was there at the convention, and uh, and in fact he's here with us now. Thank you, Jeff, for that lovely intro. So, uh, for fifty bucks, you could get a voicemail from the Crypt Keeper, 
and I was like, oh, this this is a no-brainer because we used the Crypt Keeper so heavily in our Halloween episodes in um, Put Up Your Spooks, obviously, when we cover episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And I was like, I could just have him give a brief message that we could use for both. And Ryan put a hand on my shoulder and was like, dude, it's not worth it. $50, it's too pricey. And I was like, oh, but every <laughs> year we say we're going to go up to the Crypt Keeper and we always forget or we, we always miss out. He's right there. Uh, Actually, for a shilling, you could lap up my fruit cup. <laughs> <laughs> We should yeah. all chip. He in. was actually leaving. Yeah, he was leaving. He was like, and he okay, was like come back. Wait around here. But he was going to come hour. back in like fifteen minutes or some shit. Uh, but didn't do it. And you no. know what? I regret it. No. Yeah, we should it. all chipped in. I was thinking about that too when I got home. I don't regret it. Not for a second. <laughs> well, you're going to chip in your fair share like, okay, next you'd, year. You'd give him the fifty dollars, and then he'd be like, "Okay, but I don't do Crypt Keeper voice." Yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, "Hey, this is the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Hey, Welcome to Put John. Up Your Spooks." If you'd like me to do any other voices, uh, $75. Find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I only say welcome. Here, keep this for your collection. <laughs> Here's a Nerny from Season 3, Episode 12. That's a piece of flesh hanging off the Crypt Keeper. Like, they call those Nernies in the biz. What did you call it? A Nerny? Uh huh. Hmm. Is that like a fetish thing of yours? Well, yeah. But it's also well, the technical term. I think the fact that you know the technical term bespeaks a certain level of Fetishism. fetish. Well, I'm nothing if not a professional fetishist. Okay, on that note. And we bid you pleasant and unpleasant conventioning dreams. We bid you a boo. <laughs>